Yo, 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 yo. Let's go, let's go. It's the Great Debate Show with your host Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, and Nick Ely. We've got to give you a lot of coverage today on a fantastic Friday. We've got Thursday Night Football Recap, Eagles, Vikings. What did you think of that game? Um, we'll talk about Philly. Of course, Nick is ready to do that right now. We will also preview Week 2 in the NFL. It has already gotten underway on Thursday night, and we will talk about the Week 2 games, or at least the most important games that we think for Week 2 in the NFL. Also, we... Um, we want to we want to talk about something that I saw a report about Stefan Diggs and um, a reporter in Buffalo. So uh, I, I've been talking about how how Diggs is going to be out of Buffalo by the trade deadline. There's still a lot of people talking about whatever went on with them last season, the off season, and all of that. So I want to get into that too and touch on it just for a few. And um, what else? What else? What else do we have? And uh, yeah, let's just let's just preview these games because week two is coming up. But first, how y'all doing, man? You know, I, I, I'm doing well. I don't think I'm doing good as Nick is doing right now. No, nah, yeah, unfortunately, to be honest, there's nobody doing as well as I am as, as I would on now. About to officially be the only two of those teams in the league. Yeah. For and yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that we don't want us and the Vikings don't want to play two games at this point is not the point. The point is we're the only two and O team. Yeah, that's 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 correct. For the next two days, you will be the only two and O team uh, in the league for the for two days. Um, but uh, Nick, let's start with you, man. Um, so the Eagles and the Vikings played on Thursday night football, Amazon Prime, and um, got off to a slow start. Uh, there was some boo birds going on in Philly. It just it just started to look like, man, what is going on with the Eagles? And then again, you know, eventually they picked it up. A lot of running. I mean, they must have ran the ball 50-plus times. I know they ran it over 40 times. And um, and I did get, uh, what's his name, Wright Swift on my parlay. He definitely, he killed it. He went way over what I thought. I, I wish I had to put more on him. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Nick, the Eagles win your 2-0. And I am a little critical of your Eagles, so I want you to go ahead and speak your piece, though, because I know you're about to tell me that I'm wrong, but I just think that the Eagles, a new OC, a new DC, they just don't look like the Philadelphia Eagles of last year. A win is a win, no doubt, but I saw dominance last year, domination. And uh, it, it, again, it's still early, though, so Nick, speak your piece on your Eagles and your win tonight, I mean on Thursday night. I mean, Thank you. 
effort. I think the Vikings are a good team. Uh, and it was even a little bit better team than what I expected them to be this year. Um, but, you know, it's nothing that gets me alarmed as an Eagles fan. I'm, I'm happy with the performance. We got a W. Okay, well, let me say this. Let me say this real quick, Nick, since you said that. That's my issue with the Eagles a little bit. Just a little bit. The bike all late. Most of it's garbage time, garbage yards. It took a while before they took a sh They got down two touchdowns before they finally took a shot. And did they got? They did get the shot in the end zone. But, no, the the running game. Oh, man, look, the offensive line in the trenches. I know, I know your D-line is still pretty stout. I get that. But man, they they took a beating in, in inside the trenches, and it, it it affected the running game or lack thereof. Again, I talked about Thielen being gone, Dalvin Cook being gone. I beg to differ. I don't think the Vikings are that good this year. They lost to Tampa Bay, and they didn't look you know they didn't look that good on Thursday night in Philly either. So I mean, hey, this is the great debate show. We can agree to disagree, but uh, go ahead and finish, Nick. I just I just wanted to stop and say that mm, if you were done. I don't think the Vikings are as good as you think they are. And that's my problem with Philly. I, I expected this to be a route. And 28-34, mm, they, they didn't even cover the six and a half. No, like I said, I, just, I think that they are, um, I think they're going to be good. I didn't watch much of the Vikings last week. Uh, they were game with the Bucks. But uh, looking at them this week, you know, they, they look pretty decent. I mean, they, I, I, don't, I don't see them as a threat. I don't see them as a bad team. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they're still going to contend for their division um, with the Lions, but, um, you know, that, that'll be about the extent of it, you know, depending on who they were to match up with in the playoffs and kind of how some things play out. Uh, I, I think I don't think the division is out of their reach, um, which would probably make them have to be a 10-11 win team at least. Uh, I, I think what we're missing here is that, like, this is the – this game is literally, like – Kirk Cousins' career story. It's a lot of points, a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns in garbage time. Can bring a team back every once in a while, but like a dead clock is also right twice a day. So I, I don't think this game is necessarily an indictment on the Eagles. It's literally Kirk Cousins personified. A lot of wasted fucking yards. Uh, another thing that we have to remember too, uh, this, this time... Uh, week two of last year, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but the um, uh, same two teams played week, I think it was week two of last year. We know these two these teams played last year. I think it was week two, though. And, I, I uh, and Philly shut Jefferson down. One yeah. thing that was different this year was Jefferson has learned a little bit uh, and, and was pretty much unguardable. Almost got in the end zone now. Had that at this touchdown gone there, maybe we have a different conversation tonight. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that play. I think, I think Philly went down, went down the field and scored off of that, too. Well, they got, um, yeah, they got three. You know, that's a, that's a, like a 14-point swing, essentially. Yeah, we, but, we, uh, we got a field goal right before half. Yeah, it was right. a field goal. Yeah, right. So, it was a 10-point swing. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think this is a game that's going to on the Eagles. I, th I think, honestly, I'm going to just say this, guys. As far as skill players, you look at it. Look at it this way: at, at, at a receiver, they have two number ones. That's not a number one and a number two. That's two number ones. Uh, at running back, you have the Eagles. At running back, these guys have some of the better running backs that, like, they can literally just give a guy a night off and still have better running backs than the, than the team they're going to be going against pretty much every night. Uh, so they are still the most physical 
team on front. They are st- they still have two number one wide receivers. Uh, and I, I do think Hurts could be a little bit better throwing the ball. But listen, he ain't got to be perfect. He never had to be perfect. I hear you. And, and I want to say it's going to be a situation where as the season goes on, that defense is only going to get better. Uh, I think, you know, you got to keep in mind, Jalen Carter's a rookie. Like, we're expecting this guy to come in and immediately be worn out. And he'll get there. Oh, he had a great play. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if, if Nick's prediction about the Eagles being back in the Super Bowl uh, is, 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 is a right one. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's correct at all. Right, right. Well, um, I I will say this. Jalen Carter does look like a stud, even though his ass should be in jail. But he does look good. And uh, the Eagles defense, yeah, that is no, nothing wrong with the defense, really, I, I would say. I was They did lose some people, but I don't think it's really much wrong with the defense. The offense, they can run the ball when they want to, it seems. But, again, the Vikings defense is trash uh, in the secondary and, and against, the, against the run. So, I'm going to have to wait another week to see exactly what the Eagles look like against some real competition. Because that was really not enough, enough competition. Man, last man. One other thing I, I would say we should factor in is what the Thursday night game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I wanted to see the Vikings with a little bit more. And the Vikings, hey, the Vikings could go 0-17, and they might lose every game by five points. Right. Yeah. I mean, look. Yeah, yeah, but look. Let's keep it. Let's let's keep in mind, guys. Brian Flores, for whatever dumb reason, had five. He played five DBs, five six DBs for the entire game. I don't know why, and that's why they could never stop the bleeding. Again, good win for you, Nick. But I ain't impressed. The Vikings are trash in my book, from what I see with my eyes. Anyway, we're gonna keep it pushing. Eagles are two and zero, nonetheless. And uh, now. Let me let me talk about this this topic that I thought was very interesting. I have been talking about Diggs and Buffalo for a little minute now. Uh, Josh Allen, I've always I've, I've been kind of on him, and finally Damian Woody from ESPN's Get Up 
is finally somebody else giving him the smoke because nobody's really gave him the smoke. Well, this is some this is some interesting things here um, from what I saw. It was a reporter in Buffalo who said some kind of nasty things, or at least according to Stefan Diggs, it was uh, the reporter's comments uh, were were pretty critical. At least Diggs thought it was pretty critical of himself, and he called it he called it uh, hurtful. Uh, so basically somebody said, I don't know who this reporter is. Oh, Maddie Glab, um, were picked up on a hot mic ahead of the Bills news conference and quickly spread on social media Wednesday. It, uh, in them, she described Diggs as someone who is going to do what he wants to do, adding, he'll look in my face and say, fuck you. That's how he treats everybody. Now, Glab later apologized for the comments on Wednesday night and explained, uh, that the context of the situation saying she meant no ill will and that Diggs treats the media with a lot of respect. Hey guys, how the hell do you say he says F you to your face and then still treats them with a lot of respect? Uh, here, here was Diggs' response. Um, he said that um, it was insulting to my character and, uh, and, and how I was raised. Uh, what else did he say here? I've always treated people how I wanted to be treated. I greet everyone with smiles and respect from people in our cafe to people that keep our building in, keep our building in clean and in order. Um, so the media or fans may confuse my competitiveness, my competitiveness that they witness on the field as who I am as a person, but off the field, I never treat anyone how she described and have never said anything remotely close to that to her. Okay, guys, just I know we got to get to these games for uh, Sunday uh, for the, the, the preview, but just quickly your thoughts. Again, I have let you, I have said that I, I just think that they're going to get Diggs out of there. Whatever happened with him and Kirk Cousins and whoever else in Minnesota, looks like that's going to happen again in Buffalo. Now, I know they're in win mode, but uh, it's just, this looks like this marriage is about to break up. He just did his extension in April of 2022. But guys, let's start with Terrence first. What 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 the hell? Since you're the AFC guy, uh, what, what what what's going on here? Not, not only am I an AFC guy, I'm also a former TV guy who done a lot of press conferences. Mm-hmm. That's and, right. Uh, uh, so I, I, I want to I let y'all talk about Diggs because uh, clearly there's a hostile situation. I let y'all have a that. But let me take it from the standpoint of the reporter. Uh, if there are any young reporters out there listening, or photographers, or anybody that's going to be at a press conference. The best thing you could do is to shut the hell up. <laughs> Especially if you have something negative to say. Because one thing about it, you, your, all your comrades, uh, all your colleagues, and especially your colleagues that work at the same station as you do, have to have access to DIG and have to have access to the bills. Mm-hmm. Now, Miss Maddie Gab, we have never spoken her name in our lives. I've never even put the damn names Maddie and Gab together in a sentence. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, she made herself famous tonight for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do in situations like that is shut the hell up. Because now you just cause your station, you cause all your colleagues yep. uh, trust, you cause them all uh, angst with the Beatles and more importantly with Diggs. Yeah, you can apologize, but Diggs will never forget that, especially in a, in a situation where He's being villainized. He's not the one turning the ball over three, four times in a game. That's facts. Uh, as a matter of fact, on that last drive, uh, towards the end of the game, Diggs was a damn hero. He was making all the plays. But I'm saying it to say, it's just not worth it. 
if you have something negative to say, especially at a presser, come on now. And 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 in this situation where Diggs is already there's clear hostility between him and the organization. Now listen, this could very well be a situation where a lot of times those reporters know things and they don't always put them out there. Maybe she does have some inside information. Maybe she does know things that like, you know, maybe Diggs has not maybe not said anything bad to her before, but you know, said one thing and done another. I don't know it to be true. I don't think it's true. Diggs seems, seems like a pretty cool brother. Uh, the fact of the matter is, sometimes the best thing to say is nothing. And that's, I think that's a lesson for a lot of reporters, especially especially sports reporters. If you are covering these people, the last thing you should be saying is, is a negative opinion about them. Now, if it's a fact, hey, you come with that fact all day, and, you know, we can talk about Jim Schroeder and the fact that He's come out with it. His case, that's different. That's different. Mm-hmm. But a negative opinion, sometimes the best thing to do is to shut the hell up. Hmm. What you say, Nick? Yeah, I, I found this whole thing kind of interesting because um, uh, I don't know if parents have actually listened to the tape, uh, listened to the, to the audio, or if you have, Jarvis, but I, I listened to it a little earlier. And it, it almost came across like she was joking. Um, I, think, I think I may have seen her represent a little bit in her statement as well. Um, and, and to her credit, she didn't try to use that as an excuse. Um, right. In the same, not, not what I, not, that's not what I got from it. Um, but I think, I think I did see her reference that in her statement and her apology, saying, you know, yeah. I admit it as a yeah. joke, but I understand that doesn't, you know, uh, yeah. And from what I heard, it sounds like she was trying to rub elbows with a fellow reporter, and that's how, that's just a conversation a lot of times, right? But like you, you, you still risk it when you do that. But it definitely sounded like she was just trying to jump with a fellow reporter, like, he, 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 he digs and such and such and such and such. You know, I don't think she meant anything by it, but look what you call it. It's just not worth it. Right, yeah, it, it, it's like one of those just weird situations where, like I said, she just happened to get caught on a mic, like, you know. Uh, and, and so, I feel I feel bad for her a little bit, to be honest. Because, um, you know, given, given with, the, with the opinion that she is, that she was joking, um, you know, trying to be whatever. And uh, so I, I got to feel bad that it happened to her that way, but by the same token, I do agree with Chad. You got to know when the, you know, when is the when and where are the right time to say certain things. Um, you know, and what I, what I was taught, even if, uh, you know, the time that I was in journalism, when I was in journalism in school, is that you, uh, you know, anytime you're in, in these kind of rooms, you always assume that something can hear you, something or somebody can hear you. I always um, assume the mic is hot. That's the right. rule. Right. And so, uh, you know, she got that rule. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs as well within his right to be offended by it, or you know, he doesn't want to talk with her going forward. Um, whatever, just make you know, because they have to cover the bill. Maybe something that costs her a job. Uh, it would be unfortunate, but I mean, if you can't talk to the star player, it's gonna be hard for you to do your job. Um, and so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how this thing turns out. Um, but like I said, she has made herself famous for all the wrong reasons uh, the last 24, 48 hours. Yeah, sounds like it. All right, so good stuff, uh, and good stuff, Terrence. Uh, hope the if, if there's any young reporters that are listening, I would take heed to that. And uh, so, anyway, I think at some point Diggs is going to be out of Buffalo because it just feels like, and this is for our wrestling fans, if we have any that's listening right now. He just kind of getting the CM Punk treatment in the AEW locker room. That's what it's that's what it's starting to feel like for Diggs, and I think his time is winding down there. Uh, depending on how these games go, and if they go zero and two, it could get worse and worse. 
Speaking of 0-2, why would they go 0-2? Well, they're playing the Las Vegas Raiders, even though they're at home. But the Raiders, who we didn't talk about, guys, had a good win, an impressive win in my book to get the win on the road in mile high. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, was pretty poised. He didn't make too many mistakes. Only one. And sometimes one is, he's good for one or two. And if I want to start off with our week two preview and predictions with the Bills and the Raiders. And we'll just try to run through them as quick as we can. Since we're talking about Diggs, I thought it was fitting to say they're back at home. The Raiders are coming to town. And I just wanted to say before you all give your prediction on that, I forgot to mention. Hey, I'm sorry, that was a bar. It, what, what was it? <laughs> That yeah, that that kind of was that kind of was. Hey man, it, when you when you when you good like drivers, you you lay down bars, and you don't even know. It. Don't even know it, man. This is just another freestyle. <laughs> I appreciate it, but man, look in the in the end, we're gonna get to Denver a little bit in a little bit, but I, I know they're gonna have to get some wins here. And somebody said that Russell Wilson looked like a check down Charlie last Sunday, even though he wasn't bad, he was much better, but he didn't really take any shots. And uh, we'll see how that goes. But first, Bills Raiders. That is a 12 o'clock p.m. game on Sunday. Uh, let's start with Nick first, and then we'll finish it with the AFC guy, Terrence. Who wins that game? It is a over 47. Uh, looking at our, looking at um, some things right now at our good partners at FanDuel. It is over 47. It is a plus. It is an eight and a half uh, Buffalo with the spread, and uh, woo, Buffalo is favorite to win that, looking like about a minus three ninety. So uh, Vegas definitely thinks they're going to win. Uh, what say you, Nick? I have a question for you before I answer. Before I answer that, okay. You say that you thought the Raiders had an impressive win over the Broncos last week. I did. Do you think the Broncos are better than the Vikings? Uh, I do. Really? They have a better defense, hands down. Yes, I don't even think that's a debate. They have a better defense, but their offense is, we'll see. It looked all right. It looked all right. It looked all right. It's just the Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders, I'm telling you now, they're going to be better than what we thought. Um, but, 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 again, that's why I say we're going to, when we get to Denver, we'll decide what well, I'll let you all debate on if Russell was a check down Charlie last Sunday at home against the Raiders. But they didn't look bad now. The Broncos were doing good. They moved the chains. They just didn't get the win. A few unfortunate things here and there. Uh, but the Raiders hung in there. And, again, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't win at Mile High last year against a team that wasn't that good offensively at all. We know that. And we still lost in Denver. With the Raiders under Josh McDaniels, you know, a coach that'll just let you be you and not, you know, keep you on a leash, uh, he got the win, you know, and I thought that he was pretty good. He didn't force anything when they took away Devontae Adams. Jacoby Myers was there. He got two touchdowns from that. Uh, they shut the, run, the running game down pretty good on Josh Jacobs, but Jimmy held in there. So that was, yeah, yeah, I thought it was kind of impressive. Uh, and I just wanted to say it because we left that out from last week. Uh, winning in Denver is never easy, no matter how Denver is. It's just that high altitude and that that stadium gets to rocking. They were ready and pumped, and yeah, I thought it was impressive to come in there with that win. I did. Okay, all right. You might have convinced me a little bit. I, I was just, because of the way that you characterized our win over the Vikings, and then you called this one impressive. It was throwing me a little bit, but you, you might have. No, it's it's, it's just it's just really. I don't think the Vikings are really that good at all, man. That's it. I just don't. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. 
Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, looking at it like that, I think, I think the Bills bounce back. Um, they win this one. I, I would probably take the eight and a half. Uh, I think, I think it, 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 it could be pretty good. Okay. Which is why it's a, I, I obviously don't hold the same thing. I, I didn't watch the Raiders game last week, and I don't think much of the Broncos. So, you know, it's got a little bit of a blind opinion. I got you. Um, but, you know, based on what I saw from the Bills, you know, I, I think a couple of teams were kind of just pretty sputtering out the start a little bit, but they'll, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Bills by the um, Bills, you said Bills by double digits? Yeah. You know what? Uh, we have just started making predictions, and I'm already at my, my uh, upset pick of the week. There was something about the Bills that I really just don't like. Josh Allen is still electric. Uh, when it looks good, it looks good. But when it looks bad, it looks bad. Uh, and the Raiders, they could very well be one of those teams that are just going to win tough games. Uh, last week was a tough game, and I think the Broncos were winning most of their game, and the Raiders pulled it out. I'm not I'm not a big Garoppolo fan. Y'all know how I feel about him. I think he is the, the poster boy for mediocre, him and Tannehill, and, and I can name a couple others. Uh, Baker Mayfield, and, and I, I ain't got to go down the list. Um, but you know what? Sometimes you have to beat the guy, right? Like, he's, he's just going to make the safe play. And I, I think this may be one of those games where – another one of those games where Josh Allen um, – He's the Bills by himself because he, he's, he's their best and worst enemy right now. Also, we got to keep in mind there's a lot of turmoil right there right now with, with Diggs. I feel like that storyline just kind of has to continue a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you, T. If Jordan's prediction is right and he's going to get traded, like, they can't be 4-1. They'll have to be like 1-5 or some shit like that. Like, they're going to trade them with a chance to win a championship. Uh, un- um, unless they think they can find someone, you know, that can really replace him and they can get right back, you know, back to their winning ways like nothing happened. Uh, I ain't buying that one, man. It would have to be, uh, it would have to be uh, a disaster. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the other thing that you guys should keep in mind is that the Jets defense is really, really good. No, no That's doubt. They are. They are, no doubt. But, I look. Look, I'm not going to go as far as to saying that the Raiders are going to win, but I don't know if Buffalo will cover. And um, so I, I think it could be tighter than people expect, even if they get the win. I'm with T, all the turmoil going on. I, I, again, I know we're not going to say, hey, we'll take Diggs if you want Debo or if you want Ayuk because we don't want to pay him next year. And Stephon Diggs' contract is cheaper. None of that will happen for real. It was just speculation. This was just you know me just throwing something out there. And uh, But again, unless something like that happened where Buffalo thought it was an even trade and they still can just keep on playing football and winning games, yeah, they lost a receiver, but they gained another good receiver, then, then it probably won't happen. But if they do, get to like a one in four or one in five or something like that. Like Terrence said, and yes, he's definitely out of there. And then whatever the bills want to do to rebuild or reload, I mean, that'll be on them. But uh, the, the bills defense is pretty good. So I want to see, you know, what'll happen. I want to see if Josh Jacobs can get things going again, but I, I'm not going to pick the Raiders, but I'm going to say that Buffalo may not cover. If I were anybody, uh, you know, if I was a betting man, um, wink, wink, uh, I would, I would go with the Raiders on plus on the plus eight and a half. Uh, that's just my two thoughts, uh, my two cents. Uh, now let's 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 keep it going with the schedule. I'm gonna start back from the top. Green Bay at Atlanta. 
We're going to try to run through these because this is not really like the game of the week or anything like that. But Jordan Love did look pretty good last week. It was against the Chicago Bears defense. So I don't want to overreact or put too much on it. How do you think Jordan Love and the Packers fare? And this is a pretty good offensive line still. And the defense is still pretty stout. So Green Bay at Atlanta. Terrence, who you got? And then Nick, you can give us yours right out there. Green Bay here. I, uh, you know, I, I was kind of on the Jordan Love bandwagon. I may have bandwagon been the only person on the Green Bay also on the road. Jordan Love, I've never said anything bad about him. I, I hadn't really praised him, but you know, I, we had to see it first. But I had no doubts that he would. Oh, I did. I talked about it. Okay, yeah, you did, but I, I didn't really have any doubts that he wouldn't that he wouldn't be fine. I, I, the verdict is still out. They played the Chicago Bears, so I, I can't I can't discredit the Eagles a little bit with their win against the Vikings. If if I'm not going to do the same with the Packers, because it was the Chicago Bears, and damn it, the Bears still look like trash. I know it was just one week, but that's what it looked like on week one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Green Bay. And again, if but if Jordan Love is that guy, if he's their new franchise guy, like they think, and like I would I would like for him to be also. Man, shout out to the Green Bay fucking Packers. Like who in the hell has ever done this ever in the history of football where they can have a third franchise quarterback, a third straight franchise quarterback in the past thirty plus years? That's fucking ridiculous. It, it, it is, and it looks like that's where it's going to go. Now, even though we all pick Green Bay in a clean sweep, Green Bay is a plus 100, and I love plus 100s. They usually hit six out of seven times. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, seven, eight out of ten times. So uh, Atlanta's favorite, though, at the minus 118, just to let you all know that. Now, keeping it moving. Chicago. It says to me that Christian Watson and Aaron Jones are not going to play. Yeah, probably not, but 
I don't know if it's really going to matter. Atlanta at home, they should be pretty good, but we'll, we'll see. Will they bring Jordan Love back to life? Will we see who he really is? I don't know. Atlanta's defense still doesn't scare me, but Dan Pease and those guys, they're all right. They're going to figure They're going to do some things, but again, the Packers defense never really slacked up. I think they just had a few injuries last year, and um, I don't think Jair, Jair Alexander is going to have a problem with anybody uh, on that offense, even though Atlanta Falcons do have some guys now, London and, and Cal Pitts and all those guys. But they are favored, barely, with a minus 118. Going on to Chicago, it's, well, not Chicago, but Chicago's on the road at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay got an impressive win, I would say, in Minnesota uh, in week one. But then again, looking at Minnesota, maybe it wasn't that impressive. What are the Buccaneers going to do now that they're at home hosting Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears? I don't know if it's the Chicago Bears that's holding Justin Fields back or it could Justin Fields be better. I'm sure it may be a little bit of both. Uh, so, Nick, start with you. You're the NFC guy. Who's going to win this game quickly? It is a it is a uh, minus 144 for Tampa to win at home while the Bears on FanDuel are at plus 122 right now. I'm going with the Bucks. Um, it'll be another uh, hard conversation for the day. I don't know if Justin Fields has got it, guys. Hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I know it's one game. I get it. He's got to work through it. He's got to you know, learn the offense, get used to it, use the guys around him. Chase Claypool basically quit half the game. Um, so that, that could be an issue. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm out on it. I'm just saying I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that might it, it might be the two quarterbacks, two young quarterbacks in the NFC North that I got flip flop. I thought Jordan Love was was not it, and that Justin Fields could be. And I'll end up they match up in Week One, and now I come away from it thinking that maybe I had that in reverse. Hmm. Uh, that, that being said, I'm I'm going with the Bucks. Um, Baker, Baker and, and Baker and the Bucks got it done against Minnesota. Um, who I have to say up here a little early and argue with you that I think is better than you than you do. Um, so I'm going to give them credit for having beat Minnesota last week and think that they can beat the Bears this week. Okay. Uh, I'm going to roll with the Bears. I have a lot of confidence in Fields. Uh, but in, in Jarvis, we've had, I think I, we had this conversation maybe once a week now. I am not going to judge a quarterback that has never played with a number one wideout. Now, I understand you only have so many number one wide out, uh, out there. But I, I, I'm also not going to judge that, that quarterback when his team is incompetent and doesn't show any damn interest in going to get that, quarter, that quarterback a number one wide out. I dealt with this for years in Baltimore. Uh, and, you know. They went down to DJ Moore. They did. They did. Yeah, I guess. Uh, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Uh, but I, I'm just, I'm just not going to pass judgment on him yet. I still have a lot of confidence in Field, and I think he will pull this win out. As a matter of fact, I'll go out on a limb and say that um, the Bears will actually win this convincingly. Hmm. Okay. All right. Convincingly on the road against Todd Bowles and his defense, we'll see. I don't know what the what the score was with Tampa Bay and Minnesota last week, but um, they handled the Minnesota Vikings offense well enough. I don't think that defense is too shabby in Tampa. They just didn't play to their 
expectations. They didn't live up to the expectations. And Brady wasn't good. Nobody was really good uh, last year. Again, the Bears, when it comes to the Bears, I'll say that I think it's a little bit of both. Um, Terrence, you're right about the Bears and uh, the lack thereof and what they've done or what they're doing. They did bring in DJ Moore. But I think the offensive coordinator could be better, you know, at, you know, getting the most out of these players. But also, there's plays where Justin Justin Fields has to hold himself accountable too. I saw him miss a few a few uh a few guys, you know, not hitting the reads quick enough, not scanning the field. It's just pretty much a and I'm not blaming him when I see him say one read, two read, all right, fuck it, I'm gone. I don't trust this offensive line. I get it. I get it. But you gotta do better than that though. So I think it's a little bit of both. Both Justin Fields and the offense and the offensive coordinator and the head coach, they can do better and prepare better for this. They had four or five months to prepare for the Packers, and it did not look like they were prepared at all, uh, From what, at least for the first three quarters at least. I'm going with Tampa Bay too, man. I'm not saying Justin Fields ain't it, but I kind of got to lean with Nick here. I, I don't know. I really don't know. And people keep telling me, yeah, just keep watching. Well, damn it, I'm watching now. I'm not going to keep watching for long. Show me something, damn it. All right, Seattle at Detroit. Uh, let's start with uh, Nick again since this is another NFC for the NFC guy. Seattle did not look like the Seahawks last week. Oh, my God. The Rams are usually a good opponent, though, for the Seahawks, and it's a division game, so we won't hold that to Geno Smith and the Seahawks. The Seahawks made a signing earlier in the week with just Jason Peters. Uh, left tackle, I believe. I guess he's going to play left tackle. Uh, they got their ass whooped in the trenches a little bit. So I guess they thought this was needed. Now they're going to Detroit. But Detroit has been off. Seems like they've been off for two weeks since that Thursday night game that they beat Kansas City. And now they're back at home in the king of the jungle, the Lions Dome in in, in Detroit as they host Geno and the Seahawks. Nick, um, right now, FanDuel has the Detroit Lions favored to win this game on the money line at a minus 215, while Seattle was plus 180. Are you... Um, are you wanting to jump on that plus 180? What's the spread? The spread. Four and a half. The spread, yes, four and a half. I would, I would take Seattle plus four and a half. Hmm, okay. I would take Seattle plus four and a half. I think, I think this will be a bounce back week for them as well. Uh, but I haven't played well against the Rams. and brought in Jason, Pe- Jason Peters. Got to show up that line a little bit. Um, I would take that plus four and a half. I do think the lines are good. Uh, you know, I, I think I don't think they're better than the Chiefs, but they were better than the Chiefs on that night. Obviously, with them being down, two of their best players. But the Lions, are, the Lions are a legit team, um, and I think the Seahawks are as well. I think they just didn't play well last week against the Rams, and they'll be able to bounce back this week. Uh, I almost want to take them to win, but I, I think for the parlay I put the amount put together, I'd probably take the plus four and a half just to be safe. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm rolling with it. Detroit. I, I legitimately think it's their time uh, in the NFC North. And if it's going to be your time, that means you have to win the game you're supposed to win. You did beat Kansas City without Kelsey and without Chris Jones. But a game where you're favored at home by four and a half, you got to win that game. I'm rolling with Detroit. I, I, I think that the uh, the Lions of old, our, our dads and granddad Lions are, Hopefully a thing of the past, and this is going to be a new era uh, of Detroit Lions football. And I, I think that starts this season. Detroit with the win by the, by the spread four and a half. 
Okay. All right. That's a good one. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, Seattle and Seattle and Detroit, man. I'm kind of with Nick though, man. Uh, I mean, with Terrence, I, I think that uh, it's, they're stepping into the Lions' den. Uh, unfortunately for Seattle, uh, they're going to be 0 and 2. I believe they should have got that dub last week against the Rams. I think they go 0 and 2. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to move. I don't want to fool with the money line at minus 215. And I don't know about the four and a half on the spread either. So I. I don't know. Seattle at Detroit. I think I'm going to go with the over. 47 and a half to be on the safe side because I think it could be a lot of scoring in that dome. Um, but I do think the Lions, yeah, yeah, 47 and a half. Yeah, I think they could go over. And I, I think the Lions will get this win, though. But I'm just going to play it safe and go over 47 and a half. Two high powered offenses are going to be ready and dialed up. Shout out to Jason Peters. All right, so let's move on. Chargers at the Titans. The Tennessee Titans, they look good on defense Sunday at the super, in the Superdome. But um, they didn't look too good offensively. But, again, in their defense, the Saints still have a good defense. They really do. The Chargers, they didn't look too hot defensively. But, damn it, they were going against the most explosive offense in the league, in my opinion, the Miami Dolphins. Now, they're going on the road, but they need a win. Brandon Staley can't afford to go 0-2. Let's start with the AFC guy here, Terrence. Uh, I'm sure I know what your, what your, what your uh, prediction is going to be. But the Chargers at the Titans, and on the money line, it is, of course, the Chargers who are favored at 138, uh, minus 138, and the spread is three. Um, uh, let me ask you this. Have, have you talked to your, uh, your, your, your brother, the, the, the leader of the Titans fan club this week? I have. Yes, I have, but we have not talked about the Titans well, we did it. Well, we we. Oh no, no, no. Well, we did. We definitely did talk about that. Hold on one second here. I looks like I'm having a little trouble. Do you want to? No, 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 no. I don't know what that was about. I hope I didn't lose anything. I hope I didn't lose anything there. That was weird. But yeah, yo, he was he was very disgusted, very disappointed in Tannehill's play. He's done. He's out there wagging. He was like, um, pretty much. He said, "Man, look." I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a Titan fan. Of course, I'm gonna be a little biased, but he has been good to me in the past a little bit. And but he pretty much has jumped out their wagon. He just unfortunately for him, he doesn't he doesn't think that Malik Willis or Will Levis is ready, and he just has to just deal with the pain and suffering of Tannehill until this this ship sails. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, you just made my argument for me. It, it, it is time for that to end. Um, mm-hmm. Charges by a whole damn lot. I have no faith in Tannehill at all. Maybe he'll prove me differently. I don't believe so. I got you. I got you. What you say, Nick? I don't believe so either. I'm going Charges by a lot. <laughs> I, I hear you. That, can, we, can, can we? Can we? Can we? It's like a commission. Can we? Can we have this without uh? Well, without taking it to a vote. <laughs> right. Look, I want. Yeah, yeah, we can just we can just all agree on this one. I mean, if you, especially if you watched that Chargers game against the Dolphins last week and the way they played there, uh, you know, if they can put up those kind of numbers, Titans can't play with them. Yeah, I wonder why they only got them as a three-point favorite, though. That, that's just, I don't know. Um, I'm going to be different here. I'm going with the Titans. And you know why? Because the Chargers can't stop any damn body on defense. 
I know they played the most explosive team last week, but it was just too back and forth. It was too up and down. And they've got Khalil Mack. They've got Joey Bosa. They've got Derwin James. They've got J.C. Jackson. And I couldn't tell worth a damn if they had any of those pro bowlers, superstars, high-paid free agents. I'm going to say this. Look, the Titans played the Saints. The Saints have a good defense. They ain't going to see that defense this week. At home, I think the Titans can get the dub. If there's not enough pressure on Tannehill, look out. Derrick Henry's going to have a big day. Play action will be better. And D-Hot will, will, he will do better. That's not going to be Marcus Lattimore this week. J.C. Jackson, mm, he almost looks like somebody that got a bit overpaid. But we'll see. We'll see. I think Brandon Staley's getting fired this year. So that's another reason why I'm going against the Chargers. I think this is it for him. I'm not saying they're going to win five, six games. I'm saying it's going to be a slow start for them. I'm going with the Titans plus 118. All right, keeping it pushing. Baltimore Ravens. We definitely will start with Terrence on this one. They're going to Cincinnati. All right, the Bengals get to these slow starts mainly because Burrow comes into week one or training camp, um, you know, not 100% healthy. Last year, I think it was a, um, I forgot the, uh, I forgot the, there you go, there you go. And this year, it's the calf strain. Now, I'm not trying to jinx this man at all, but I hope he gets that, I hope he has that calf strain under control, or we will be seeing his the back of his calf doing the same thing that we saw Aaron Rodgers doing on Monday night. He better be careful. That's what happened with KD. It started with the calf strain, and then it ended with an Achilles tear. I'm not wishing that on him. I love me some Joe Burrow. Y'all know I fuck with Joe Goo. But, man, I'm going to go ahead and get my pick now. Bengals at home. I think they're going 0-2, though. They did that last year, and it didn't matter at all. And I don't think it matters this year either. But the Ravens are starting to get their swagger back. And I'm just going to pick before Terrence even says it. Give me the Ravens and give me the plus three. Uh, Baltimore, Cincinnati is favorite, minus 168. But I don't believe that's the money line, minus 168 for the Bengals. But I think that the... Um, I think that uh, plus plus 142 sounds better to me for the Ravens. I think they win. But if anybody just wants to play it safe, yeah, plus three for Baltimore. Terrence, what say you? Uh, yeah, this, this is a pretty easy one for me, as a matter of fact. Uh, not for reasons you might think, but <laughs> um, <laughs> last week, Joe Burrow had his lowest percentage of his career uh, against the Blitz. Last week, I know different teams, but last week the Ravens had more quarterback pressures than anybody. That should be a very much a plus to the Ravens. Of course, Cincinnati will make adjustments. Uh, but the other thing about last week is I don't think that we even saw the beginning of what this Baltimore offense will look like. And we'll see a little bit more of that this week. Uh, I'm not calling a blowout, but I am calling Baltimore to beat them in the There we and go. That's how we two teams play. Cincinnati was in full strength, and uh, Baltimore kind of handled them. They just didn't have their guy. Yep. Nick? Um, so I'm, I, I, I was not necessarily too bothered by the Bengals' bad performance last week. I mean, it was a bad performance. But a lot of there was some weather, you know, some weather there that uh, made kind of some of what they do a little more difficult. Obviously, they are a very high flying offense. And so uh, I think I think they'll be back in, in better form next week, uh, this week against the Ravens. Um, but I don't think it'll be quite enough. I, I'm going to pick the Ravens as well. 
Um, I, I think I do agree with Terrence that I think we'll start to see a little more of the Ravens offense. Um, obviously, the loss of J.K. Dobbins will hurt, but um, to an extent, it may be it may kind of become a blessing in disguise. It may be a situation where it's between the running back by committee kind of approach. Um, you know, Lamar Lamar seemed a little not quite himself uh, from the bit of it I saw last week. You know, he, he just wasn't wasn't quite moving and, and kind of getting going the way he normally does. I think you see, you know, beginning of the season and kind of the whole, you know, he's got the new contract and the new teammates and that whole deal, and he's got to kind of get his footing. Um, but I think, I think on both sides, we'll see much more de- uh, decisive and and sharp players, uh, both in Joe Burrow and, and Lamar Jackson. I actually think this may be the most fun game of the week uh, to, to watch. And so I'm, I'm going to take the Ravens uh, in, the, in the damn good one. All right. All right, so we're all going with the Ravens there on. That's a, that's a clean sweep. Uh, now, uh, Coates at Texans, uh, who cares? Um, uh, Anthony Anthony uh, Richardson did have an uh, injury late in that game last week where they uh, – the young quarterback, man. Yeah, the young quarterbacks, no doubt. And I'm, and I'm glad glad to have them starting in the NFL, no doubt about it. We're up to about 14, 15 starting black QBs in the NFL. That's got to be a record. Uh, and, it, you know, Trey Lance was still – with the 49ers and starting, he could be 16, uh, but that's not a here nor there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, look, Coach said Texans, I just don't want to waste any time on it because we still got quite a few more here to go. Um, I don't know. C.J. Stroud versus Richardson. I, the Colts defense looked good against the Jaguars. They just couldn't make enough plays. I went for the upset. Uh, they didn't get that done, though. But they are they're kind of the underdogs on this one, too. We're at a minus 102. The Texans are favored at a minus 116. That's just the, it's kind of up in the air. The over under is only thirty nine and a half, and then there's one and a half on the on the, on the spread. So, I mean, I, I I guess the Colts could get that win on the road. Maybe then again, the Texans may get their first win at home um, quickly. Y'all ain't even got to explain who you got. Oh, um, oh, it's AFD. Go ahead, uh, He said Colts. Oh, he Colts. Oh, okay, uh, I'm going Colts as well. I'll take the Colts also. If Richardson is playing, uh, if not, yeah, give me. Get, not okay, all right, yeah, I'll t- we'll, that's another clean sweep with the Colts. All right, now this one should be interesting here. Chris Jones, he signed his contract, or oh, I mean, he didn't sign his contract, but he got some incentives where he is getting a little north of twenty-five plus mil, so he's going to get some paper uh, for the year where he can come back and play. He did not hold out till week eight, as he said he would. They gave him, some, they gave him a little raise, and so here we go. Kansas City, 0-1. I don't know about Travis Kelsey. I'll let you guys tell me what you know, but they're going to Jacksonville on Sunday. Jacksonville, 1-0. Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence were red hot, and it's like they played together all last year. And we know damn well Calvin Ridley didn't play a down last year. But you couldn't tell that last week in Indianapolis. So, guys, I'm going to let you I'll start with Terrence, the AFC guy. KC at Jacksonville, is this – are the Chiefs on upset alert again? You know, uh, I'm supposed to come out and say this is the game where the Chiefs get their revenge. Uh, unfortunately, I really like the Jaguars offense. Uh, I think they have a lot of playmakers, and I think it really gives them just another dimension and even another one on that offense. Um, and I also believe that we might see some legendary battles between the Jaguars and Chiefs, Trevor Lawrence, and uh, Mahomes and the next three, four, five playoffs. Like the AFC quarterback picture is just loaded 
wouldn't be surprised if we get those guys in a playoff game or two and with some more if and classics. Uh, with that being said, I think the Jaguars squeak out an upset. We. Oui. I don't. I say I'm taking Kansas City. Travis Kelsey's supposed to be back. Chris Jones will be making his debut. Yeah. Um, you know, it was with those two guys, Kansas City becomes a different team. And, uh, you know, those, those scramble plays that Mahomes make so well, he's got his favorite target to throw him to. Uh, and obviously with, with the number of drops that Darius Tony had last week, um, I, I expect his targets to become much more limited and Travis Kelsey to block them. Um, I, I'm expecting a big game out of both him and Chris Jones and a good bounce back from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'll take Chiefs. And uh, look, 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 three and a half, I believe I saw. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. Three and a half, I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to roll with Nick on that one. Um, look, how foolish have I been to go against Kansas City? It, it bites me in the ass every time. I'm not going to be that fool. I'm not going to do that. No, I got it right last week. No doubt about it. But again, that boy is back now named Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. So, no, even though Jacksonville, they are looking good. I think Kansas City brings them back to life, brings them back to earth. I mean, and uh, yeah, give me give me KC and uh, covering the three and a half. All right. We've got San Francisco at San Francisco. I mean, at Los Angeles. Uh, I say that and I don't mean any disrespect to any Rams or Rams fans. It's just that. You know it's going to be a Red Sea in that bitch, right? You know that's a home game for the 49ers, as it is every year. Uh, so, anyway, they're in L.A., but it's still San Francisco at San Francisco in my book. 49ers at Rams. Nick, you're the NFC guy. Who you got? The Niners are, and I don't like this, uh, to be honest with you, but we're at a seven-point spread, minus seven on the spread, uh, and minus 300 on the money line. How do you like it, Nick? Okay. I mean, I like the Niners, and it's just—it's of course you know I like the Niners, and I like the—I I, want—I want to take them with the spread, which I will. But I—I—I—I I, I, I believe they will cover. It's just we just do so much better when we feel disrespected. Like last week, it was like they gave us barely two and a half, I believe, uh, uh, or I, I think at one point it might have been just two, but I know it was two and a half at least to open. Uh, in Pittsburgh, and you know, it even had me thinking, like, damn, we, they may actually beat us, and we just dominated. So because of that, no, we're not going to see the Steelers' defense again this week. But the Rams still have a pretty solid defense, though. Aaron Donald is back; he's there. That's the reason why Seattle's zero one right now. Uh, they they didn't play bad. They ran the ball. They stuck to it. Um, so I'm not going to make like the Rams are any chopped liver here now. And it, and it is a division game, but we also know that we've pretty much own the Rams in regular season games for quite some time now, like eight to be exact. This will probably be number nine. Give me the Niners. 
I'll take the seven on the spread also because I'm not fucking with that minus 300 on the money line. Uh, so, yep, bang, bang, Niners game. All right, now keeping it moving. The Giants at the Cardinals. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this one either. The the Giants open up the money line at minus 210. It's a four and a half on the spread. Uh, Nick, who wins that game at Arizona? Giants or Cardinals? Uh, the Giants are going to win it only because they don't yet know that they same race as the Cardinals, which is for the number one pick. They don't get number one pick. In order to get the number one pick, you have to lose games. The Giants need to be in the race for the number one pick. They just don't know it yet, so they're going to go out and give their best effort. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they better watch. They should flip a coin. They should flip a coin, and whoever loses the coin toss losing the game. Like it's ridiculous. I don't care who wins. I go. I go with the Giants because they're dumb enough to not know that they should be drafted first next year. Yeah. The, the Cardinals didn't look bad Sunday against Washington Commanders. Uh, I saw a little bit of that game, not much, but I, I will say this. The Cardinals better watch their tanking because, again, Caleb Williams have let it be known. Uh, yeah, I may be the number one pick of the draft, and then again, I may not be in 2024. You know, so we'll see. He's not uh, too keen on going to a team that he thinks is just really going to suck. He's not trying to do that. Patrick Mahomes was lucky enough to get traded. Uh, well, the the Chiefs traded down to get him, and he never had to worry about playing for a shitty team, even though he was a, a first-round pick, I think at like 12 overall or something like that. So Caleb Williams is looking at it on that side from that point of view, saying, look here, Mahomes wasn't put in a bad situation. Why should I be Justin Fields? And I, I, I just think that the Cardinals should watch their tanking. I got the Giants, though, of course, and I think they'll cover the minus four and a half. This is going to be the game of the motherfucking week, probably. You know what? Before I get to that, let's go to Washington at Denver first before we get to that one. I don't. I want to say that one for last. Um, Washington at Denver. Uh, real quick here. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and get my pick. I think Denver at home again. They've got to find a way to get this win. Uh, no kissing the babies. Uh, let's see. We're gonna be. I'm gonna say this shit all season long, man. But uh, Washington again. Sam Howell didn't get to see him a lot, you know, last week. But they got the dub. A slow start, but they beat the Cardinals. It was the Cardinals. They are underdogs here, boy. Plus 158. The Broncos at home minus 188. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. Yeah, Denver should get this win. One and one. Commanders will drop to one and one. And um, maybe, maybe, just maybe the Broncos will cover the three and a half. But I probably will just take the 188. Uh, what do you say, Nick? And then Terrence. I'm alert. I'm going to watch the, Ooh. the Commanders to march into Denver and get it done. Ooh. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know about Russ, man. I, just, I, I, I don't know about those guys. Uh, I, think, I think Washington may have something. I think, I think on top of that, they've lifted the curse. I'm getting rid of um, the owner. Yeah. I can't remember right now. Snyder. Uh, I like it. Yeah, uh, I am going with the Broncos. Uh, I still have some faith in Russell Wilson. I still have some faith in Sean Payton. 
I don't think last week was all bad. They lost the division game by one point. Uh, I, I'll take the Broncos in this one because I have less faith in the Commanders. Okay. All right. And uh, what else we got here? New Orleans. New Orleans at Carolina. I'm going to take the Saints. I'm sure you all will as well. Am I right? At minus 156, um, the Saints on the road. I'll just take them to cover the three uh, against the against the uh, against the Panthers. I, I need to check out Bryce Young because I did not get to do that. All right, and moving a little too fast. Don't want to skip the Sunday night game, Miami at New England. Terrence, what do you think about that one? Uh, Miami opened up this money line at minus 154 on Fanduel. Uh, Three is the point spread. Who do you like? Miami at Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Um, you know what? I think this is another game where Belichick might prove his genius and he might slow that offense down. Unfortunately, he won't slow it down enough. Uh, and I'm going to go with, I'm gonna go with Miami about where the spread is because those guys are just electric. Yes, they are. I mean, yeah, you got to define what slowing it down is going to look like uh, for that offense to me. Because, I mean, you know, he threw him for 466 last week. Tyreek Hill goes for 211. So, I mean, yeah, if, if two only goes for, for 315 and Tyreek only goes for, a, you know, a buck 10, then, yeah, I guess technically you slowed him down. But, like, if they, you think that's going to get it done with the, with the way the Patriots offense looks uh, against us even, good luck. Uh, and so, no, nah, I'm, I'm definitely taking the Dolphins, and uh, three-point spread is, is very, very generous by the books. <laughs> very generous. Yep. Okay, that all right. Getting, that one getting pushed to a touchdown on my parlay. Right. Okay, all right. So, 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 I am going to take, of course, Miami and the spread. I'll take the three points. Um, yeah, I... No Bill Belichick bitch this way. Hey, they're gonna treat him like a bitch this week. Um, the mind look, I, you, y'all, I got the Dolphins in my Super Bowl pick now, my Super Bowl prediction. So I'm picking Miami down there every week, even though I know they're not going 17 and 0. But yes, and this is a Sunday night game, so I hope it is good. Now I'm not saying Belichick won't slow them down a bit, but uh, in its prime time, so they'll make it a little interesting. But when the lights are on, man, Tyreek Hill and Waddle and those guys are gonna show out. On prime time on Sunday night, I just hope it's not another forty nothing burger. I'm sure it won't be, but it ain't gonna. It's gonna start to get ugly. I'm sure uh, by the time we get to third quarter, mid third quarter, it could start to look ugly. Now I'll say this one for last because some people some people may not agree. But after Aaron Rodgers went down with the torn Achilles, we did talk about that on Monday on Tuesday when we dropped the last episode. We kind of knew that's what it was. Terrence and Nick had already kind of said it. But I didn't know for sure. And I'm like, well, let's see. Let's just see. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he goes to Dallas and he does what he's always done to Dallas. Well, he's not going to be able to do that because he's out. The Jets have not signed a quarterback. They've talked about looking at veterans. Colin Kaepernick got his agent to call. They've already came out and said, we'll, we'll pass. What a surprise. That's breaking news. And uh, But anyway... Robert Salah, it looks like he's going by what he said. It looks like he's a man of his word. He said, look, we'll look at veteran quarterbacks, but Zach is our guy. Can Zach Wilson and the New York Jets go into Jerry's world and beat the Dallas Cowboys? This, 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 I know that Aaron Rodgers is out, 
But I think I think Vegas is kind of tweaking a little bit here because they've got it up nine and a half on the point spread, and they're opening up Dallas at minus four oh five on the money line. Um, mm, it's AFC versus NFC. So Terrence, go ahead and tell me how you like this, and and then Nick, you can let us know afterwards. You know what? Cowboys might win, got another clean sweep because that's exactly what I had already done. I had already hit the little blue button. I hit it where it turned blue and uh, it, that's on plus nine and a half. I think that is too much also for the Cowboys even though the Jets don't have their starting QB. Uh, Nick said something that was that I thought was, was very interesting on, uh, on on Monday night when we were watching the game. He said that man, I don't know what you're talking about but Zach, Williams, Zach Wilson is about to get out here and ball. Now, I'm sure his parlay had a lot to do with why he wanted that to happen, but they still won the, won the game. And, you know, they didn't I, fold. I, I, I wasn't serious about that at all. I, I was being very sarcastic. You was being very sarcastic? Okay, I got you. I, I got you. And he's going up against another tough defense, probably even tougher than Buffalo's, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. But I, I just like how they, they, they hung in there. They didn't give up. They know You would have thought that the whole air got sucked out of the building, and it kind of did for a moment. But they got it together, and they said, let's play ball, damn it, and let's get this damn win. And they done that. So the perseverance, uh, I, I like that, the, the will to still win. And these guys really do believe, whether they lost their quarterback or not. Robert Salah has said, man, we still got 50, 50 other guys that wants to fucking play and wants to win. I got a lot of hope. I got a lot of faith in them, man. And this could be a, a remarkable story. Even if they can only pull off nine or ten wins, it would be incredible for them to do so. Hey, Zach Wilson has more than what he had last year. You know, even though they got those weapons for somebody else, they're his toys now to play with. I think that that plus nine and a half is going to hit with the Jets. And, hey, I'm like T. I won't be surprised if they do win. But I'm going to stay on the safe side, and I'm going to go Jets plus nine and a half. And I'm taking the under at 38 and a half because I just don't see a lot of points being scored in this defensive juggernaut. All right. So that is it. Monday Night Football, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Terrence, how do you call that? And, man, we, we pretty much can get up out of here. Cleveland at uh, Pittsburgh. Cleveland, Pittsburgh didn't impress me at all. If you want to talk about quarterbacks that might not be it, uh, that would be Kenny Pickett. Hmm. Yeah. That, 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 he, didn't, he didn't impress me at all. 
If there's any quarterback that needs to have eyes on him, uh, and listen, we're talking about a Cleveland defense that took Joe Burrow and made him look terrible last week. But we're probably going to have two weeks of Kenny Pickett uh, looking lower than mediocre. Look, he could be looking like AFC Daniel Jones uh, two weeks in a row, and uh, that's not good. So, no, man, give me Cleveland until Kenny Pickett can show me something else. Uh, I have no faith in him. And if I'm Pittsburgh fans, I'm, I'm starting to, to uh, uh, take a closer look at Kenny Pickett to see if he's really the guy. Because he very well might not be. Hmm. Ouch. I'm going to give Kenny just a little bit of a pass. Just because, uh, obviously, last week he played um, one of the premier defenses in the league in the 49ers. And so, uh, you know, certainly, even against, even having played against the 49ers, I, I would expect it a little bit better from him than what I saw uh, from both him and George Pickens. Now, uh, I don't know if he was just not seeing George Pickens on some of the routes, or Pickens wasn't getting open. Whatever the case was, uh, he was, you know, I, I know, I know they, that the 49ers obviously kept some pretty consistent pressure on him. Um, but uh, I, I'm not quite off the off the wagon with them just yet. Uh, I'm going to take. Okay. I, 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 look, as much as I would like to take Pittsburgh, because, hey, they probably played the best football team in the league last week. But, damn, I'm kind of with Terrence on the whole Kenny Pickett thing. He did look pretty bad. And it's crazy because in the preseason, he did look pretty damn good. But Terrence said, don't pay attention to that damn preseason. And he and he might have been right. Man, that was just, it, was, ooh, it, it wasn't good. But, again, he played the 49ers, and I think he saw ghosts. This won't be the 49ers, but the Cleveland Browns defense did look good in Cincinnati. But I don't want to give the Cleveland Browns too much credit because they always give Cincinnati hell. They're a good matchup for them. They just are. Uh, but I'm going to still go with the, the minus 130 here with Cleveland. I just won't be surprised if the Steelers still find a way to get this win on a Monday night. Teams like Pittsburgh, Dallas, San Fran, Green Bay's. They usually always win these primetime games. But I can't wait to see how that goes because it'll tell me more about my team. Even though, even though we'll probably be sitting 2-0 after beating the Rams, I can't wait to see how the Steelers look because it would really tell me just how dominant we were or, you know, or not. If the Steelers can come back and get this win or they don't look bad, then we really did smack a good team in the mouth. But we'll see how that goes. I'm going to say this, even though I'm picking Cleveland. Deshaun Watson doesn't look like Deshaun Watson of the past. I'm going to say that again. I'm not hating on him. I don't know if he needed some more massages or what was going on on Sunday, but it took him a while to get involved in that game. And he, The good thing about being a dual threat is what helped him. Oh, my God, it saved him. Because he wasn't looking that good either, but he started to use his legs more. He said, man, you know what? Fuck this. And, you know, he scrambled and rushed for a touchdown, and they finally got it going. I will say this. Look. I know Amari Cooper's not a number one receiver in my book. I've never thought that he was a true 1A number one receiver. 
But, man, if you're Deshaun Watson, if you're him, man, you got to make these guys look better than what they are if you're him. And he just ain't really look like him. Let's see how he does on Monday night. I will take Cleveland reluctantly. That's all we've got for the games. Now, let me see. Because I, I, I had so... I had so many things that I was like, hey, that looks interesting, or hey, that looks interesting. But the time after going over all these games, it can really um, put a damper on things. Oh, oh, here's why Cleveland probably will win. I forgot to mention the Steelers Pro Bowl defensive lineman, uh, Cam Hayward. He had to have growing surgery, man, on, on yesterday, and he's going to be out for eight weeks. So that definitely hurts uh, the Browns' chances of winning Monday night and a lot of other games after that too. Uh, so wanted to say that. And um, what else do we got here? Um, oh, Aaron Rodgers had a successful surgery, and uh, he's he said on Instagram that I shall rise yet again. There's been a lot of jokes on social media about him and the 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 injury. Uh, I know you all saw the Apollo Creed uh, meme. On his way to the ring, <laughs> that oh man, it's just been, it's just been, they've been hell, man. Social media once again undefeated. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, what else? What else do we have here? Uh, we're gonna have to say before another episode. There was a big perk dropped his top five all time point guards, and I wanted to touch on it for a minute, but we ain't got the time. I will just say that I didn't really have a problem with his top five. He had Russell Westbrook at five. He had John Stockton at four. Isaiah Thomas at three. Magic at two, Steph at one. Only thing I would probably do is flip one and two, you know, because I still got to roll with Magic, and Steph would be number two. Isaiah is three. I probably would move John Stockton out of the top five because I just didn't respect um, the pick and roll like a lot of other people did that him and Malone ran, and I thought they both benefited off of each other numbers stat-wise. So uh, no disrespect to Stockton, but I would probably slide him out probably slide Westbrook from five to four and my number five would probably be um I would probably say and I, I'm not gonna say Chris Paul I know that's what y'all are thinking um not but no no that's exactly who I was gonna go with Jason Kidd right. it was Jason Kidd but I, I struggled between him or Gary Payton because there's no point guard I can think of that took that much pride in playing defense on other point guards or shooting guards, he would go at you and he would come get you. Uh, but no, Kid is my number five. Westbrook is number four because he did what Oscar Robertson did back in the day like four times, you know, triple-double king. But anyway, um, who else did I have? What else did I have? Oh, do we have just a brief moment to talk about Adam Silver as he addressed uh, you know, the trade request and all of the things that have changed with the Board of Governors meeting where the NBA are trying to be a little bit more strict on the players resting and things like that. Uh, players must now participate in 65 regular season games to be eligible for postseason awards. I thought that was interesting. And um, Adam Silver is determined to increase player participation as NBA negotiates a new media rights deal, basically saying, hey, these people are paying money to see us on TV. Y'all motherfuckers need to be on TV. I don't have a problem with that either. But I think Terrence, let's, matter of fact, let me let him speak and say that himself. Terrence, you were saying some things about what they possibly could do to still void all of that shit that they're trying to do. If you would, Terrence, explain that. Yeah, I mean, so what's what stopping NBA teams and players from saying, hey, how about we're going to rest you this game? 
know, hey, come down with the rim and take an injury and twist your ankle. We're going to take you back to get looked at. Hey, put street clothes on and get the hell out of here. <laughs> they can probably investigate. Maybe they'll, they, they can counter that by having an uh, NBA representative there. But you can't tell me I'm not hurt. You can't tell me I'm not in pain. That is true. So, I mean, they're, 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 they're going to find ways around it. Now, I appreciate them trying to, quote, unquote, end low management. Not for the sake of me trying to control the players, but, you know, I just, I, I, I think of myself as I would, if I was a fan growing up in the NBA city uh, and my favorite player came to town, you know, as a kid, it would have been MJ or, or Al Iverson, especially, especially Iverson. And he, let's just say he comes to Memphis and he, he sits out the game just for, for the sake of low management. And, you know, my dad has been saving his money all year to give me courtside tickets. I'm courtside and right before the game, they announced, hey, Alvin Iverson is not going to play or even work. You know, you just start lining up there and now said it and, and Aaron McKee just started the game instead of Adam Iverson. Like I'm I'm heartbroken, I'm crushed, and I don't want I don't want that for kids. Uh at the very least, show it for the kids, y'all, because that's that's the future. Uh so I, I appreciate them trying to make an effort to make that happen. I hate the habit to make it happen though. Uh to me, you know, and that was kind of one of George things. He always wanted to be there for the kids who may have one opportunity in their life to see him play. Uh, that's right. All right. Yeah, that, that, that's kind. Of, that's kind of where I was going with it. Is that you know, it's just really bad commentary that they even have to put in something like this. Um, you know, kind of like you know, obviously like you, I grew up in an era with you know the Jordans and the Kobe's and the Shaqs and the, and the Tim Duncan's and the and the Dwayne Wade's and um, he was really good. You know, early on at least to LeBron and and Melo and all and these guys that you know. In the uh, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, there was a pride in you know trying to be available for all 82 games. Um, you know, like you said, you know, this may be some fan in the Raptors or some fan that didn't, you know, some anybody in there one chance that they get to see me play live. And so, I, you need for me, it's like you need to think enough of yourself as a player to say that that's an experience that you don't want to take from somebody who may only have it, have it once um, because you want to take a night off. That shows the work, man. Um, you know, these guys are constantly getting, um, you know, their salaries inflated as, as they deserve. Um, but by the same token, if you're going to ask that, you got you got to show up to work. Um, and so, you know, it's one thing when you're legitimately injured, um, you know, or we, you, you know, they've been dealing with something, whatever the case is. Um, but it's another thing when, you know, it's just like scheduling uh, being off, you know, with back-to-backs. I mean, you know, they, sometimes you got to play two days in a row. Professional athlete, deal with it. That's right, no doubt. Um, so again, uh, I, I would say that I do like what they're trying to do. I'm with Terrence. It doesn't mean I get to work, but also I, I do like the fact that they're trying to say, "Hey, look." And, and, and looking at some of the article from what I read, like there were a few examples on how, like, there were some games where Jason Tatum uh, played and Jalen Brown couldn't play. But this season, if it happened, it would be an investigation. If uh, I think. At least two of the superstars out of three, or something like that, have to be have to be suited up and playing. Uh, that they're they're being very strategical with it. I'm not saying it's going to work, but at least they're trying here and they're making an effort. And they need to do that because, again, that new media rights deal it, it says a lot. And so they're definitely saying, "Hey, look, these people need to be playing. We want to see them. That's what we're paying big money for." 
And, you know, you can't fool around with these networks. I mean, we know, me and Terrence know for a fact as wrestling fans, when we when we hear that Fox says something to the WWE about SmackDown, SmackDown makes those changes ASAP because Fox pays a lot of money for SmackDown and beyond. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And, again, I don't even necessarily think the players, from what I'm hearing, have an issue with it. People like Anthony Edwards just came out and said, man, I had too much damn load management. I didn't want to sit out those games. That's a team thing. This is what they're telling them to do. So it's time for the team and the organization to get it together and let it be known that you're going to have to come up with other creative ways to get these guys to rest or whatever you want to do because they're really not playing. We'll see how it works, how it works out. Now, before we end, I just want to say one more thing. The NFLPA, they've called out, they've called um, for all turf fields to be changed to grass. We'll see how that works. Roger Goodell had an interview on Wednesday, Tuesday, I mean, with uh, Stephen A. Smith on ESPN's First Take. And again, you know, mostly a bunch of hot garbage, hot air. But again, he was questioned about a lot of things. Stephen A. did ask some good questions in that interview. And one of them, Goodell, he had to address the situation. The allegations, I should say, against uh, Terry Pagula. That's the co-owner and chairman, president of the Buffalo Bills, and Jerry Jones in that racial discrimination lawsuit. Um, now, I'll say this before I ask you all what do you think is going to happen, if anything. The NFL currently has six mi minority head coaches. They've got seven minority team presidents, including five who are black and three women. Nine general managers, including eight black men. Roger Goodell has said that, hey, we're trying to get better. We're not what we need to be, but we're trying to get better. Same old thing, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying they hadn't moved up and gotten a little better from Whatever the number that number was at before Jay Z entered the NFL, even though he's strictly on a music deal, but I digress. On the allegations against Jerry Jones and what's his name, um, Terry Pagula. Here's what um, Jerry Jones said: diversity and let me let me turn this around, make sure I can read it right. He said diversity and inclusion are extremely important to me personally and to the NFL. Bullshit. Uh, the representation made by Jim Trotter of a conversation that occurred over three years ago with myself and our VP of player personnel, Will McClay, is simply not accurate. And then there was Terry Pagula who said the statement attributed, uh, the, the how did he say that? The statement attributed to me in Mr. Trotter's complaint is absolutely false. I am horrified that anyone would connect me to an allegation of this kind. Racism has no place in our society, and I am personally disgusted that my name is associated with this complaint. That was the owner of the Buffalo Bills, Terry Pagula. Guys, um, I saw this interview a little bit. I got a few a few scoops of it. And you know, Roger Goodell, he does what he always does. He let it be known. These are allegations. As of now, we're, it's, our, it's our job to find out if it's true or not. How do y'all think this is going to play out and what's the worst that could actually happen to these owners if um, I don't even know what the lawsuit is and who started this lawsuit and when it became about. But if anything you all know about this, please do so. Please uh, feel free to mention that and then we can uh, roll. Yeah, listen, I, I'll be brief. Uh, what, the one that I, I know two things that this interview that I know Jim Trotter. Jim Trotter ain't making anything up. If he is reporting it, he is coming with 100% fact, backed up by sources. His brother is an old school uh, journalist. He's been doing it a long time. The last thing he's going to do is make up anything. If, if, if he said they said it, 
I believe in 100%. The second thing is, I, I, no matter what side of the bill you might be on, um, as far as politics, whatever case may be, I think the one consistent thing that we always, always know, if it's an old, rich, white man, they probably don't give a damn about black people. Yep. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. just say that regardless of how this ends the nfl is so smart they make so much money they're so great in marketing advertising promotion look the, the we're watching football on thursday nights on prime video you know some things that we thought we'd never do some things that some of us have said we'd never do so shout out to roger goodell we know he's good at his job we know the owners love him and that's why he keep getting these damn raises because he makes the nfl a whole bunch of damn money and the good thing for them is that they're making so much more money on top of money, on top of money. They're going to be able to, you know, pay out these settlements or whatever, whether it's Brandon Flo Brian Flores' lawsuit, this this uh, harass, this racism allegations right now, this lawsuit right now against those two and whoever else that was in it. And also John Gruden and his lawsuit. You know, they have the money to settle with these people. And unfortunately, like Ted DiBiase said, he's right. Everybody has a price, so that's why they'll still win because they'll pick their price. They'll take it. They'll be NDAs. They'll be, hey, you can't say this, can't say that. It'll end up just like Colin Kaepernick's case where everybody will shut the fuck up and take their money and walk away. And as long as that happens and people continue to watch football, nobody will give a damn and the NFL will just still keep winning. And those are the facts. Until we stop watching, until, you know, these people stop taking settlements and hold these people accountable and say, no, we want some justice and we demand it, then that's just how it's going to be. And I'm going to leave it at that. 
I'm not going to say anything about this last thing that I'm going to bring up because I'm down about like 90 seconds. But nobody talked about this. What a surprise in the mainstream media. But LeBron James, his wife, and two associates of theirs were named in a federal PED investigation. A lot of people think that LeBron James is the GOAT. A lot of people think that it's so incredible that he still is like a 97 overall on 2K, and he's damn near 40. Uh, or is he 40? He, he's about to be 40. And he is still good. Don't get me wrong. He still can play for his age. It is it is remarkable. Well, just maybe, just maybe, this could be the reason why. And this would eliminate him all the way for GOAT's status, if this is true. Now, again, I don't know how true this is or how accurate this is. They're not saying that he has done it, but he is involved in a PED investigation. This is according to, what source was that? I believe it was deadspin.com. And um, there's, a, there's a few other people mentioned in this, in this investigation. Even the big show, Paul White, a.k.a. the big show from back in his WWE days. Uh, the, the word is that nobody has said that LeBron has bought any steroids or PED to any use or anything. They're saying that the trainer, I think his wife's trainer and his trainer and somebody else have been seen or um, they've done something where they saw them getting the juice and uh, they don't know exactly who they were getting it for. But if it's LeBron's trainer, if it's his wife's trainer, their name is tied into this. We're not saying or making any accusations. I'm just reporting the report. Do y'all want to say anything before we before we get out of here, we'll and we'll leave it there. I promise. Um, I, I, I won't like you. I won't. I won't make any accusations. But I will say that this is not the first time I've heard about possible PED use. Uh, and a lot of athletes in the past have used their wives as cover-ups. Most notably, uh, Roger Clemens, and you guys remember towards the end there. Uh, that was a situation with Peyton Manning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> when there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire. That's yeah, all I'm yeah, yeah. You didn't have to stop there, but okay. I got you. <laughs> all I will say is that um, so the, the investigation we're talking about is actually from uh, back in 2013. Uh, it's just that it's it recently been released that uh, you know, those people connected to LeBron were named in the in the report. Um, LeBron has always been a an advanced physical specimen for his age, right? Like he was coming out of the high school, and, you know, he was still still differently as the kids say these days. Um, than you know, than anything we've really seen before. But what he became right around the time he went to Miami, which was you know, 2011 and 12 and 13 and 14, from a physical standpoint, just almost didn't make sense to me. I mean, he literally looked like a creative player on 2K. 2'6'8". I mean, he wasn't 285, 290 pounds. And running and jumping the way he did. And then, uh, you know, he, he went to Cleveland and, and suddenly he was, he was a decent bit swimmer. Uh, he he kind of kept it that way, you know, going forward in his career since then. So, um, I would say that was an that was an interesting, an interestingly large amount of weight that he gained and then lost in what seemed like a relatively short amount of time. Hmm. Um, but I do hope that that's not the case. 
Well, I don't know what to say about that, to be honest with you. I guess I'll just wait. I will just keep my peace until we find out more information, if we find out any more information. You know, sometimes these things like the Pat Manning, as Terrence was alluding to earlier, Ray Lewis, you know, the tricep injury where he came back for the playoffs and went on to finish and win the Super Bowl with the, uh, that, that big old thing that he had on his arm. Uh, that was pretty much to cover up the skin that the reports are the deer antler spray messed his skin up, but that what healed. That's what healed it, and that's how he was able to come back and ride off into the sunset and get another Super Bowl. I'm not saying that is true. That is what reports were saying. You know, Peyton Manning. I tell you what, if you don't believe Peyton Manning never did anything, he did have a lot of neck injuries, and this has nothing to do with him cheating the game, in my opinion, either. I just think his neck was really that jacked. However, look at Peyton Manning in 1999, 2000. When he takes his helmet off, look at it, look at the size of his head then versus the size of his head by 2010, 2012, 2013, 14, and 15. Come on now. Uh, I know personally from people that know very well about the juice, and they've told me the things to look for when they're doing it. How would they know? Of course, we know how they would know. And so I take heed to that because if you know, hey, hey, hey. Hey, you know what? That's what it is. It could be their hands getting bigger, their feet, or those intestines, you know, the stomach where, you know, you see the abs rip, but the, the, the abs look like they're poking out a bit. Um, so, again, and again, Peyton Manning's head, uh, Barry Bonds' head. Look at Barry Bonds' head earlier in his career as a Pittsburgh Pirate versus the way his head looked as a San Francisco Giant. Come on now. I mean, you know, it doesn't take a fool. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this shit out. But I'm not going to say anything or make any type of, you know, accusations. I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes when these things get reported, I think it's just because it's something else bigger than that that they didn't do or they might have pissed the elites off at and said, all right, all right, let me leak this shit here that we know you've been doing for the past 10 years. You know, that's just how it goes sometimes. You know, I, they will probably kick this right under the rug if, you know, LeBron and his crew do whatever it is that he was supposed to have been doing. But I know how it is. They will tap your ass if it's something that you might have um, reneged on, so to speak. But anyway, we'll see how that goes. I'm not going to just jump on that or bash on him or anything. He's still a phenomenal athlete. I think if it wasn't for Serena Williams, he'd probably go down as the GOAT athletes you know, all time of all time. But I still got to give the nod to Serena for that. Maybe we'll do a debate about that. Who's top five athletes of all time? Uh, I already gave my number one. But LeBron would be right there if, you know, if this this right here is inaccurate. We'll see. That's all we've got, ladies and gentlemen. It's been 95 minutes of fun. We gave you week two preview. We recapped the Eagles' win over the Vikings. And uh, congratulations to Nick. He's 2-0 on the season. And it's not bad to be 2-0 when you still could improve. That's just, that's that's not a good thing for the rest of the uh, conference or the rest of the league. I will admit that. Uh, I'll, I'll just it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles progress here. Um, and, and and we also talked about you know this incident. We talked about a lot of good things here. So we had a great show. Hope everybody enjoyed. And uh, we'll be back on a Tuesday to recap Monday Night Football and all of the Week Two games from Sunday. We hope you enjoyed the Great Debate Show. Again, is available wherever you get your podcast. Hit the follow button, and you'll be notified when we come back for a new one 
And uh, uh, one more thing. Congratulations to Jay Cargill if she is really leaving AEW. A lot of people have asked me, where's the wrestling episodes? And I had to be straight up with them. I just hadn't been watching it. Not AEW anyway. I catch SmackDown when I can, but AEW has been atrocious. And um, so has their locker room and all the drama. CM Punk being fired. Jay Cargill is about to leave, I'm hearing, and go to WWE. It's the best thing for her. And for anybody that thinks that Jay Cargill is going to get pushed to the back, uh, why? You mean the way she was pushed to the back in AEW? I don't think WWE could do any worse with her. If anything, they can do the same thing to her that they did with Cody. Whether they put the strap around her waist or not. This is good for her, and they can make her the superstar that AEW should have done. And yes, she won 60 matches before she ever lost a match, but they did nothing to build from that. No storylines. She could never be a part of Dr. Britt Baker and Tony Storm and all of those Caucasian women who were not that entertaining in the ring and are not that good in the ring. And I'm not saying that to be prejudiced at all. I'm just saying that there is a lack of diversity in AEW. Shout out to Big Swole. She was not lying. She dipped two years ago because of this and now Jay's figured it out. Congrats to her if this is true. Um, just wanted to say that. It, Terrence, if you want to come back and do an episode on all the stuff that's going on in wrestling, we can do so on the weekend. No problem. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll just, just very quickly on, on the Jay Cargill thing. I don't know if you saw it, but there's been some video leaked to Rampage tomorrow. She's going to lose the stat liner. Uh, and they embrace in the middle of the ring afterwards. She cries and she's leaving. Uh, Hitting back to the locker room. She's not with AEW. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've already heard. I've already heard she lost. I don't even get the point of it. She just should have stayed gone. Why did they do that? I don't know. Well, I think, I'm pretty sure sometimes those contracts have a number they have a number of dates in them along with the amount of time and she probably just had to finish up those dates with her contract in either this week or next week, I think, and I, I'm pretty sure she's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, what didn't be surprised I don't think they're going to bring it out on SmackDown. I think they'll probably, she'll probably debut I tell you what, John, we'll, we'll do an episode one day next week about what's official about fantasy booking for Jay Cargill. I have a good idea. Yeah, because some people think that she's still, and I know she's not the best in the ring, but she already has the look. She already has the what it takes. So, But some people think that she probably will be in NXT first. I don't know what you think about that. Hold your thoughts, because I would love to hear it, though. And we'll get back to that, because I know we're making Nick's ears bleed right now and probably the rest oh, of the audience. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you again. It was a great show. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. He does know. He knows a little something. Then. Okay, great. I, I, I've been there on Twitter a couple of times. I just said it that way. There you go. That's my point. Somebody that hasn't watched wrestling in 20 years knows who Jay Cargill is. Yeah. Now everybody will know her. Nick will really know her now. He won't even have to go to X. You know? You said Twitter, Nick. You mean X. <laughs> All right. We're out. I'm, I'm going to call him Twitter. If I'm going to call him Twitter, I'm going to call him Twitter. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, we we out of here, y'all. Um, uh, it's been good, great episode. If whatever you do out here, ladies and gentlemen, please make sure you be safe. We will be back on a Tuesday. You know, peace out, guys.